Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Trident Wargaming Podcast. Uh, you are joined with the Four Horsemen once again. Myself, Bill. I'm joined with my co-host, Andy. Hello, hello. Co-host, uh, Arthur. Hey. And we are joined by Scott as well. Who is hey. live from the Trident Wargaming Grotto. That's right. <laughs> sure am. That's right. And any person who wins the TWC... It's an all-expenses-paid trip to sit on Scotty's lap at the Trident Wargaming Grotto. Wow. <laughs> For obvious YouTube guideline reasons, I can't pan the camera right now, but let me just say, the view's great. You know, when I said we were going to do a Trident Wargaming hot tub stream, I wasn't serious. And, and if I here we are. right now, if I donate to the Patreon right now, will you do jumping jacks or squats? <laughs> no. I'm, uh, I'm about six drinks in right now, so. <clears throat> well, today's episode for uh, Season 3, Episode 16 is called Get It, Got It, Gotcha. And we're going to talk a lot about what gotchas mean a little bit later. But before we get there, this is an exciting time. We are at the end of 9th edition. Uh, we are graduating on the 10th edition. You know, we're, we're heading into uh, like a sophomore year. Maybe we're seniors. We're no longer the freshmen that we once were. And uh, better, just like better we are, just like when we go to any sort of graduation, uh, I'd like to play a little game if you'd carry on with me here. So, as you guys remember, when you went to your high school grads, like when Scotty went in 1956, or Bill in 66, or Andy oh, wow. in 69, 69. Uh, what we're gonna do? Warhammer characters or factions voted most likely to. All right, and then we'll just round table it. So, question one. What uh, Warhammer character or faction do you think is most likely, or are you most likely, to take home to mom, to meet your parents? Your, your, your girlfriend or boyfriend or uh, paramour of, of some kind, or just, maybe just a friend? Well, Andy, you're up first. Well, I'm not going to say demons, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, could be a, that could be trouble. Um, I'm gonna per- probably go with Tao. Actually, very, okay. very humble, right. very uh, low key. Kind of, kind of go with that anime style looking. Uh, maybe female pilots, but you know, take shadows yeah. on home to meet mom, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you'd you'd want her to kind of be like a sister of battle. At least in you know in appearance, but more of a like Jukari in the sheets. Be kind of sister cool. battle in the streets, Jukari in the sheets. Okay, yeah, there you go. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so do you have you one? Pick mm. one. You can't take two home to mom. Yeah, I guess I I guess I'd go. I guess I'd go with sisters of battle. Okay, big Scott. Well, you know, I was gonna say I was gonna say like being from the south myself, I feel like the one you take home to mom is sister. Um, but. <laughs> But thing is, that's already taken. I think. I think if you're, uh, you know, looking to impress the parents, 
you want to not necessarily bring home the hottest chick at the ball, but the one who they think would be the best match for you. And I think pretty much regardless of who you are, if you're trying to impress your parents, what you bring home is a space brain army, right? Um, you know, they know they're flexible. They know they're wholesome. They know that they're well-supported, come from a good family. Uh, we'll have lots and lots of, uh, uh, lots and lots of, uh, successor chapters with you. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's the perfect, it's the perfect match. <clears throat> so Gollumin or the lion? Who's coming home? Oh, definitely the lion. It's super that, uh, easy. We got, we got the same mustache, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I struggled with this one. I wanted to say Celestine and I was like, nah, I'm, I'm more of a Grayfax kind of man. And I was like, we can't leave my old flame, the Swarm Lord, hanging, right? <laughs> it have to be the Swarm Lord. Jesus. Take home to mom. Man. Mom, this is Swarm Lord Chan. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got another one here for you. Uh, here's a more serious one, though. What faction do you think is most likely to succeed in 10th edition? Ooh. We'll reverse order this time, so let's take it from uh, Scotty. Bill, Who I think is the most likely to succeed in 10th edition. Okay, well, I mean, keep in mind that obviously we only know so much. Uh, but from what we've seen so far... Uh, okay, I've got a pick and I've got an honorable mention. My pick is actually... Uh, my pick would actually be, I think, Imperial Guard. Uh, for one, like I think that, like whilst I know that we're going to to the, the index rules or probably whatever something similar to that, I think that the the ninth update will short lived, unfortunately for Imgard, uh, is going to be great for them going forward in the sense that it did update their rules from eighth edition and gave GW a good launching point for their tenth edition rules. Also got them some cool new kits like the Rogel Dorn, which you know they're going to want to have great rules on. And G GW's the last couple editions been really really good about getting good rules out there for the mech stuff and you combine that with you know where there's a lot of people thinking well we're going to see a vehicle meta that's that's you know just based on the basic rules we've seen so far i i think i would pick guard we haven't actually seen there seen much from their preview but i i got a feeling i got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night and imperial guard are going to be in it however my honorable mention of course the one that everyone's talking about is space marines just entirely based off the fact that they too run a pretty good vehicle heavy army and their faction rules look, you know, at least head, maybe head, shoulders, chest, hips, knees, above, above everybody else. So that would be that'd be what I'd say. Billy. Oh, those are good points for sure. Um, based on what I know, well, I know based on what I know right now, I, I want I want to say Jukari, but I don't even know what they're gonna do. Um, to be honest, I I think the Tyranids are going to be looking really good, uh, intense. Well, Swarm Lord Chan, I really think bring so. it home to mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if I had an honorable mention, I'd probably agree with the Space Marines. They're they're going to be they're 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 a nice poster faction. I really think they're going to hopefully be strong and up there. I'd also like CSM to be there too. So. Have to see. Andy, actually, most likely to succeed. Uh, well, not not really being in the scene 
of ninth, like almost at all, except for one day of playing and beating Bill down. You are undefeated um, in ninth edition. Don't sell I, yourself. Short. I have I have like excelled through the course in the university of forty K for ninth and just completely skipped all the course and went straight to the test. So um yeah, I don't know. I I think just from reading up on, on the stuff that they've released like a lot of the rules look really good, but I'm gonna go with my favorite for the demons. Um demons, okay. They got some some interesting Shadows of Chaos abilities and stuff that uh, you know is doing their possibility of doing some damage and whatnot. Just from the from the battle shock, which I think is going to be a, a big thing. Tenth and um, just just from what I've seen, like some of the the cards or the uh, the units are looking pretty tough. So. You know the characters, the uh, the greater demons, I should say. Yeah. Um, but they've also had, like, their their book and ninth was still fairly new as well, right? So I think they're they're going to probably see a pretty good run uh, for for tenth. Yeah. As for the others, about, uh, you had a comment about Tyranids before. Before that, Scotty, we cut you off. I was going to say that Tyranids can also uh, spam toughness, high toughness stuff, pretty well. So whilst I think there's a lot of talk about, you know, the the toughness scaling and how that could be really good for vehicles and the ability to spam vehicles, the truth is, and this goes for Chaos Demons too, uh, the ability to spam monstrous creatures is very much the same, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, maybe maybe that's a thing, assuming that, you know, that there is as much difficulty with dealing with high toughness um, as some people are predicting, which, again, we don't really know, but just based on what we've seen. For what it's worth, I will throw this out there. Arthur's absolutely right. Uh, Andy here challenged the bar and fucking aced it as far as ninth edition goes. I think we have to call him Doctor Monty from now on. Doctor Monty, Doctor, Doctor, like, and his house Dr. of demonic terrors. The the Count of Monte Cristo over here, like holy crap. Mm. To uh, to round it all off, uh, continuing that theme of like toughness, 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 and and Andrew Curry, Bill. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say Imperial Knights or Chaos Knights. Knight, knights of one flavor. I think they're gonna be over the top. Just looking at the profiles for like melty guns, uh, it's not getting there. And this last couple editions, it's actually been melee that's been the easiest way to topple these big monstrous, uh, towering titans. But a lot of that melee has been like strength six, strength seven, strength eight, and that's probably gonna stay the same. And it's not gonna quite have the same punching value. Now we haven't seen the rest of the rules, but rules that we have seen. I'm about to go buy five big knights and just stomp my way to the top. I think they're going to be busted. 15 little ones. Mm. Mm. 15 little ones. <laughs> yep. All right. I got two more questions for you. Uh, so this one's kind of a, it's a double question. So it's the faction least likely to succeed and most likely to get that Astra Militarum treatment. The Astro Military treatment I'm referencing then is the, you know, being one of the last codexes or the last codex to get an update. Uh, so for, you know, the three years of the edition until that point, you're probably not doing so hot. So uh, let's take it in a completely different order. We'll take uh, Billy here first. Which ones do you think are least likely to succeed and uh, most likely to get that guard treatment? Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think here. Oh man, 
least likely to succeed. I have a sneaking suspicion. Um, it's more like subfaction. I have a sneaking suspicion that Imperial Fists are probably still gonna, still gonna <laughs> suck, um, or at least be okay. underwhelming. Um, Yellow Marines. Yeah, which makes me sad because yeah. I, I love painting them. They're great. Um, as far as what's gonna get the, uh, they deserve better. The other treatment here. I don't know. It's really hard to say. Um, to be honest, it's probably going to be like Death Guard or something silly. It'll be super long in the tooth. Like they'll release all the other chaos stuff. I hear rumors about like Emperor's Children release and all that other shit. So I think Death Guard might be one of the forgotten kids this round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Andy. Um, I'm I'm had in my head thinking about like Grey Knights and. Like Death Watch, um, right? The Marine adjacent armies, but not the ones that can take like the the new Marine stuff. That yeah, really pushed. Okay. I, I mean, I think I think they might get a little bit of a revamp or something at some point. But as are they going to do really well? I don't know. We we don't know, right? Um, but they probably could possibly get a a, a good. Uh, Revamp, revamp later down the road, um, just like the the Astra Militarum uh, did. But um, I don't know. There's there's those two, and then I think uh, Thousand Suns. Okay. You know, I th I don't think they're going to do too well. They might be kind of medium. You know. But those four data sheets they have are going to be the best four data <laughs> sheets available to them. <laughs> All right. Uh, the second part of that. Second part of that question, Andy. Mm -hmm. uh, most likely to get that guard treatment. Who's coming out last? Mm. I'm going to say yeah, Space Marines. Ooh. Can you... You know what? You bring up a good point there. Um, I think people who play Chaos Space Marines probably also play, and not all of them, and sorry Chaos players if you're listening, they probably also play Death Guard, they probably also play Thousand Suns, they probably also play World Eaters, right? I don't think you just play Black Legion. I think you're playing a little bit of everything. And I think that's probably part of GW sales mechanics, that they're expecting that Chaos players will jump from whatever Codex of Chaos is best. And I think the same can be said of like the Eldar players. Most of them don't just play Craft Worlds. Some of them do. But a lot of them also own like a little bit of Harlequins, a little bit of Dark Eldar, and they'll probably jump between. Is it seem... next? But sorry, no, I keep cutting you off. I, just, I was just going to say, does it seem like maybe like those like Harlequins, uh, you know, Grey Knights, Death Watch, kind of might be just those obscure kind of armies that people play, but a lot of people don't play. And yeah. maybe maybe that's why their their codexes aren't, you know, up top. I don't know. I'm just blurb, blurb, you know. Yep. Musings. So, like, Inquisition, did they even do that any again? You know, they do that anymore? I don't know. Not yet, but with that new kill team coming out, maybe they will. Yeah, it's uh, true. I think the faction least likely to succeed in night is going to be Necrons. Uh, that new reanimation protocol is bunk. They don't have, barring the monolith, the crazy high toughness stuff. And uh, with another early book, I think that maybe they'll do well for the first three, four months. But uh, I think that'll just get superseded by every other book. And I think we're going to see, barring another Nephilim reawakening, uh, a similar structure, 
for Necrons. But as far as the last codex we get, uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be like a, a book that uh, is not very popular that uh, they want to like refresh a range of. Um, I hope that it's not Craft Worlds. I know that they're more popular, but there's a big re- range refresh coming with them that wouldn't surprise me if that comes off to the tail end and then people buy big into it. It's like over the top with all these new units and then, uh, you know, 11th edition rolls around. I swear to God, I hope I'm not waiting three years for craft world decks. Don't scatter tape, man. So I like, I, yeah, I, here's the thing. I think you're on to something there. Um, for one, like for the first question, who I think least likely to succeed, I, I think the Necron choice is actually, I think that's an inspired take because yeah, it's, it's kind of that they, they suit a lot of those. They check a lot of the boxes where it's like early Xenos codex probably falls behind as the edition goes on and the power creep happens and they don't tend to get as much support. Uh, Necrons have also historically been very difficult to balance because they're one of the few Xenos books that, not few, but few books in general that kind of walks the line in between power armor and T3. Um, they're a little of both, and so that sometimes can make them difficult to balance, which usually means that GW nerfs them too much and whatever. However, the, the codex I'm going to pick... Um, is part of kind of a, a cluster, I guess. And I'm going to say it'll be a T3 army. Because I think especially with the toughness and strength creep of uh, of 10th edition, the T3 armies, which are already up against it uh, a lot of times now, uh, might struggle even more. Because there's just going to be that many more things that are just always crumping them that hard. And it's very hard to put mechanics into the game. And I think GW is actually finally realizing this. It's very hard to put... Um, survivability mechanics into the game that make up for that that aren't either too powerful or not powerful enough. And so that naturally tends to lean towards not powerful enough because if it's too powerful, it gets nerfed. Um, so it'll be a T3 army. I don't think it will be Craft World Eldar because I think they sell well enough and they're a very popular army. And it's not to say they won't have bad times, but I think it'll be one of the other ones. Uh, Gene Steeler Cults, uh, Admech, uh, Drukari. Uh, I think one of them because they're also like as Andy mentioned kind of also more obscure uh, Harlequins maybe uh, more obscure books that don't sell quite as much they just don't have a lot going for them aside from hopefully a sympathetic writer so I think it'll be one of those that ends up kind of pulling up the rear as it were um, as for last book out okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record I'm gonna say this with 100% certainty the last book out in 10th edition will be a new codex that has not previously existed, because that's how GW does it nowadays. The last codex out that we currently have a book for, though, which is maybe what we're really asking here, uh, hmm. you know what? Again, I think Arthur's on the right track. It's It's got to be a book that needs a range refresh, because that's oftentimes how it goes. And I hate to say it, but the two, the two that come to mind uh, for me right now are Chaos Space Marines, and and Eldar, Craft World Eldar. Um, both of those are both of those have, you know, a fair number of kits in them that either they could use some new kits uh, in the case of CSM because a lot of their kits have been bled out into these supplement codexes now, World Eaters and Thousand Suns, etc. Um, or Eldar, where yeah, like there's a lot of kits that could use an update. Um, and both have lots of prime space for new kits. Uh, both are big sellers when they do launch, which means they're great for a late edition push. 
Um, I actually would say Tau as well, but we obviously know from the roadmap uh, that Tau will be coming at least, you know, next spring or whatever. Uh, otherwise, I'd say that. But I think it'll be one of those. I, I, I hate to say it. I don't want that to happen. I, I feel bad for whoever it ends up being, anyone who has a late codex. Same for the people who have early ones. The best spot is to have your codex released, like, right in the middle of an edition. That's prime real estate. So, one year in. That's what I think. Yep. One year, one to two years in, these editions tend to be three years long or so. All right. Last question before we move on to things that really matter. Um, let's let's do uh, just a quick rapid-fire response. It's got to be like a two- or three-second answer to this one. Which character from the Warhammer 40k universe do you think is most likely to make the cover of Games Workshop swimsuit calendar? Uh, like, right on the front. Uh, Billy, you're up first. Who's on the top? Lilith. Okay. Oh, Bill's into the big goth titty girlfriends. Andy, you're next. Mm, Soustein. Oh, that was mine. <laughs> Scotty. Tor Garadon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to say Old Wine. I think Old Wine has got that bikini suit. Uh, I don't... Wait, what kind of magazine are we doing? You can't put an Old One Eye on the front of a swimsuit magazine. It's got to be... It's got to be in. It's got to be internal content. Do you put a little bathing suit on? It'll work. It's winking at you. Well, old old one eye and like a banana hammock. You can't see nothing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I see where we're going with this. That's xenophobic. It's all anyways. Fuck! I should have oh. said great unclean one. It's the forty-first well, millennium. Gonna... Yeah, I can't be xenophobic. Kowik is all the I'm... way down. I'm going to show you guys an old one eye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... You know, we referenced it earlier. Uh, Bill and Andy played a game this week. So we're actually going to get into uh, this week in Warhammer, some, some what we did in, in Harvey, what we did in our game. But I think that the, the thing that most of our viewers are really interested in, based on our Instagram likes, that thing was popping off, was Bill and Andy's game. <laughs> so uh, Andy returned to the, the wild, wild west of Warhammer 40k, uh, coming off like an entire edition of not playing playing a lot of heresy, playing a lot of bolt action, playing a lot of other games. Yep. Decided to jump cannonball in to 40k. You guys played a little 1000 point game. Yeah. Uh, and all, all we saw on Instagram was Bill, you know, uh, very upset and cheering himself on. So Andy, what happened? What happened in this game? I wrecked him. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> wrecked him. No, this year. Um so last last time I've pl like I played demons, the rules were really different, and like we played thousand points, and Bill maneuvered quite aggressively with his T three army that he's not used to. That's for sure. First game. And then, uh, well, there you go. And like we're both rusty. You know, I'm I'm rusty as fuck. So um, just moved my guys forward and they kind of all have range. And then of course the spells taking like fate weather, right? Like just, it hit pretty hard. Start, just start popping off some units. And then who the fuck takes fate weaver to a thousand point game? Oh, Andy? Come right? on. Come Fucking on. OP guy wants to win, motherfucker. <laughs> like I had to, I had to show face, man. First game I had to take it, you know, narrative. So, uh, narrative. Yeah. Get, get <laughs> I knew there was a 40 K player in you. Are you get, even allowed to play Heresy after this? I can play whatever I want. <laughs> I got the toys. You know, do what I want. But um, yeah, no, just tried out the units and kind of just pushed forward and 
they, like I said, they all had range and just trying things out, right? Like Bill was helping me out with what's what, because it's been forever since I even touched 40K. So, um, yeah, a lot of fun and kind of regretting not jumping into ninth, you know, essentially out. Um, now that I kind of seen, oh, wow, it's not, it's not as bad as what people were saying. You know, it's not as, as, uh, uh, gimmicky or, or not as horrible, like I said, that's what people were saying. It was, it was quite fun, quite uh, rejuvenating, I guess I should say, compared to some of the other games. Uh, so I'm excited, you know, uh, excited to jump into 10th with everybody and play at the at the club as well and just play with all these new players too, because like I'm always at the shops and there's tons, tons of different players, guys I haven't even rolled dice with and stuff, but I guys talk. Guys have never you know. felt the wrath of Warlord Monty. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll be coming at you and uh, taking names and rolling dice. So I think, I think my favorite part about this is just how positive Andy is about this. Billy, how did you feel about this game? Uh, honestly, it wasn't bad. I... Uh... Lies. Full disclosure, first game with Drukari, and uh, like I was talking, I was really fumbling through my book, just trying to figure out what I actually could do um, based on the board size, which is what is uh, thirty by forty-four. I didn't really need to move up at all. I should have just hit, uh, just because the army have so much movement, and I have the ability to pretty much have a threat range of nineteen inch plus my charge. It just, it's obscene, right? It's just. Uh, they're very fast, the way I was running my witches and whatnot anyways. Um, it was good, but definitely glass cannon. Uh, when I get hit, they get hit hard, and they just can't stand up. So I'll definitely have to change the way I'm playing and a little bit of my tactics. Um, it was an eye-opening, like just how fast they actually can be. Uh, and I, I would do I would do things a little bit differently, um, but that succubus with the... Uh, Relic Whip is pretty legit. She, she lives up to her name, just being a little blender. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, I, I, I just took a dra uh, Archon. I didn't have Drazar or anything, which I think would be also a big help uh, in the combat side. But yeah, I, I kind of just ran in too, fit, too quick to uh, Monty's units, and some of them were... They felt a little oppressive, like those uh, flamers. I see. Those were those were rough. So um, not only you know, you know what, he also you know why flamers were nerfed. Now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just remember, they used to auto hit. Yeah. Hey, Bill, uh, was this your first time ever playing a toughness three army? Yeah. In like you've played this game twenty years, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, I've played orcs and power armor. Pretty much, yeah. So that that might be some of it too. It's it's a different world. Yeah. So I won't lie, I, I was you, missing the might of the Imperium a little bit. I think you tried guard like for a couple games way back when. Holy, yeah. Yeah, I was. That's when I was making your, my, your, my nom. Your nam. Yeah. yeah. My nom. Uh, guys. Themed yeah. force. It's pretty legit. <laughs> uh, so now that you played this this one game, uh, you two, is there is there are you guys playing twelve fifty next week? Is there a rematch? Uh, is Fate Weaver banned? Are you guys doing a ban 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 lock system? <laughs> it should be a lock system. That's amazing. 
Uh, my my big goal is to push and get the rest of the army built. I'm pretty much I got to crank through and get about 35 infantry done and finish two ravagers and my 2k list is ready. Um, so probably not this week, but uh, the week after I'll probably be ready to play 2k just so I can get ready for that sweet sweet summer league. It's uh, it's definitely not too late to remind everyone that Try to War Gaming Circuit has a range of events coming up here, right? We got the Summer League. We got the, the, the RTT at the end of the month, the Farewell to Ninth, one of the last times you'll be able to play Ninth Edition competitively. Uh, and then not too short after that, we have our big GT in August. And you can also sign up for our Fall GT. So all those things, if you haven't done that yet, you need to do that. Uh, the events are slowly selling out, and they will sell out. Um, not trying to shill you on you know, what I would consider the best events north of the 49th parallel but definitely the best events north of antarctica <laughs> uh, did you play any games this week scotty no 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 40k at all no i only i only play games i win scotty took a rough loss to imperial knights uh, no chaos knights chaos knights oh, there chaos you go knights. yeah yeah I uh after after finishing up the last league with my ad back there, like and I, I think this is a, a sentiment a lot of gamers will will vibe with. Like we know that ninth is is on its last month or two here. There's Death some Rose. armies Yep, there are some armies that I haven't not even just factions, but like like different types of lists that I I haven't had as much time to play as I would have liked. So for the next, you know, month or two here, I'm going to be playing a lot of really kind of off the wall kind of stuff that I just, you know, never found a lot of time to play. Uh, and so that started this week. And not to say that that it was a bad list by any stretch. It wasn't, but it's just some fun stuff that I want to dick around with. And, uh, you know, we're kind of on that, that sugar time now where, you know, I don't have to worry about, whether or not my lists are are smart for an event or anything like that, because uh, you know a lot of stuff aside from the farewell to ninth um, is going to be tenth, which obviously there's so little we can know about right now. So I'm just going to be having some fun with some lists and and seeking out some of the funnest opponents that I can, um, which is just like the fellow I played this last week here, Jordan Dorland. Hype to Jordan Dorland. Um, uh, he's a great guy to play. You should play him any time, any chance you get. So, uh, and I played Jay played Dorland a few times, and uh, I told him I, I owed him a fun game because we usually play pretty competitive games. Uh, and he definitely got the best of me this time. One of the things I like about like the end of the edition or like just weird times when it doesn't matter that you need to win is people start breaking out like these fun types of armies. Uh, have any of you three ever played Highlander in 40k? I have. No, not specifically. No. So for, for you guys, if you don't know what it is, and for any listeners listening in, Highlander is a format that was made popular in the elder days of Warhammer, where you could only take one of every unit choice, uh, except for troops. But before you could take another squad of troops, you have to take another type of troops. So like, before you could take another squad of tactical marines, you have to take scouts. And then you could double yeah, up on your tax or whatever, right? Uh, and I really think that it, you don't... I think competitive Warhammer is a great thing to do. I think everyone should, should, should play that. The game is uh, written to do that these days, to some extent. Um, but like playing like for fun, or playing uh, taco missions, or playing like games like Highlander, is just another awesome way 
to really explore what is supposed to be like a dice game between a couple of guys, a couple of people, uh, and meant to be just fun. So anyone who wants to throw down a Highlander game between now and the end of the ninth, I throw down the gauntlet, uh, reach out to me. Uh, I'd love to give that a shot. There's some more Highlander style stuff coming in our future in 10th edition as well. So just watch this space. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Highlander is actually like to jump systems a little bit. Highlander is even a, a popular competitive format in Magic, right? Like it can be competitive as well, as well as just kind of a casual style. So definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, quick round table. Uh, anyone who wants to go first uh, can go first. Uh, what'd you paint this week? Ooh. Um, finished, essentially finished that tank. Uh, threw the AK wash on it and a uh, little bit of powdering. And uh, collar done. The Panzer three for bolt action. Did you, did you seal the powdering? I know a lot of people don't seal powder. Some people do. So I, <laughs> silly me, I, uh, I didn't. And uh, then I applied the AK and it was like, oh, well, that was pointless. So <laughs> there goes your powder. It's gone. So I just redid it again, and now it's sitting pretty. So, uh, so yeah, just kind of a little bit of learning experience with with working with the material that I have, and uh, she looks great. Brought her out to the store, and you know everybody kind of ooh ah kind of thing moments. Just uh, nice to see it done. And I got essentially uh, I got one more piece to do, and that army's done. So. Yeah. Is there a is there a, a like a Warlord Games or a Bolt Action equivalent of like those Warhammer Community Fridays where you can like post your miniature out and they'll they'll share it to the world? Uh, well, they have their pages and like the uh, Instagram and stuff too, right? So you can do all that kind of stuff and, and post. Sometimes they have uh, you know, what are you working on? Posts as well. So I'm. Uh, Usually following most of that stuff, anyways, and if I feel like it, yeah, I usually post there. But uh, mainly the community, always sharing stuff here with the community. So and uh, they're quite appreciative of everything that we do, especially here with Trident, setting up events and whatnot. So uh, October events gonna be really fun. So if um, guys have seen any pictures i'll probably get more pictures posted on the instagram and whatnot the big uh, d-day table that okay. uh, I'm, I'm building so yeah that's Should like the, the siege of terra of bolt action probably pretty much <laughs> so uh it's funny you talk about instagram because if you check instagram i'm pretty sure you can see that panzer on one of the posts right yeah on a couple you see them uh the stages that it's been in and then it actually completely done so yeah. Also on Instagram, you can check out what I painted this week. I painted up some Eldar Rangers, which I'm hopefully now Scott will get off my fucking back to play some Rangers because they're they're painted and I will feel comfortable <laughs> putting them on a table. Uh, and someone's like, they're not very sneaky. The cloaks are pink, and and I was like, fuck, the cloaks are pink. I don't know what to do. <laughs> they're they're not sneaky. Um, so maybe I'll I'll screw around and uh, I might go back to them and have you guys seen what people do with like Space Marine Scouts or like Tyranid Stealth Suits or, or Tau Stealth Suits Digital they draw camo. like a little yeah or like a little blue line to show that some of it's uh, active camel yeah. I may do something like that but you can find those Rangers and that Panzer on that Trident Wargaming uh, Instagram I don't, know. I don't know if I like that you don't like that? I don't know if I like the blue line thing and 
Yeah, I, I like it. that look. I like it. I know. It, maybe it's just we've seen it so. Mu- I've seen it so much now that it's kind of me. Fucking, that don't impress me much, Shania Twain. <laughs> just me. <laughs> What'd you guys paint? Just me. I didn't paint sweet fuck all. I did a lot of building though. Uh, it was basically Operation Build My Jakari Army in like two weeks. So week one is done. I cranked out a bunch of Venoms, Raiders, Warriors, more Incubi, a bunch of Witches, uh, Scourges, Reavers. They they take time. Uh, the Witches are big time sink to build. Uh, they're so dainty and small. The models are nice, but super small, um, especially when compared to my favorite being Power Armor. Uh, I could probably build 30 Marines in the time it took me to build those 10, which is it's just crazy. <laughs> but uh, nice, nice kits overall. Honestly, um, they've been they've been a joy to to actually build. So I'm looking forward to painting them this upcoming week. You know what you need to do to really like uh, solidify that painting process? You should build yourself a roadmap, and it's you should true. release it as content. Sure, it makes the best content, of course. Absolutely. To be fair, the models are the models are quite small. Uh, you could definitely fit like two dark Eldar witches inside a single suit of of Terminator armor, and uh, uh, you know you can think about what that would mean. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely very differently sized models. Uh, I actually painting this week. I painted uh, some suppressors. I'm I'm halfway through some suppressors, Space Marine suppressors. Uh, they're actually still one of my favorite Primaris kits. I really like the look of them. Those are the ones on like the little jump packs, and they got like an auto yeah, cannon. With the- the autocannon, yeah. Uh, I love them since they were released. They've never ever been terribly good game-wise um, for a billion different reasons, but I actually like how they look and, you know, new edition, new codex, you know, you always kind of hope for the new best. New edition, new year. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I've got them painted up just in case, and otherwise it's just one more thing off my shelf anyway. Uh, right now, a lot of my painting stuff is, is actually marine, so that's what I've kind of got sitting in the backlog, so that's what I'm working on. Do you think the suppressors will get a kit in tenth finally? Do they not have a kit? No, the only way you get them is in that Vanguard box. Yeah, yeah, or like the old. They they originally were released with I think the Dark Imperium set or whatever. Um, Yes, I do. I mean, I think they're the last kit that still needs to be sold separately because I think Eradicators are sold separately now. Yeah. They all eventually, some of them took a long time, but they eventually did start getting sold. We also hear a lot of rumors about jump Primaris Marines. Um, not to say that's specifically suppressors, but if they are, if they did put their technology towards the jump pack style Primaris, you can see how that could easily transfer, right? Yeah. Um, so I think if you're really lucky, you up. might get like a lieutenant as a kit. Yes, yes, a, a, a suppressor lieutenant for sure. 40 bucks a pop. <laughs> uh, American. Wow. That's uh, $86 Canadian for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the great things that Scotty's doing here is uh, like just building up like an armada. And so it doesn't matter uh, what event you're going to or if you're playing a game. If you got something painted, uh, you can reach into your cabinet or your display case or, or wherever you're keeping your models. And you can always throw something on the table. And that makes it really good. And I think also when you paint up new units, you also start looking at like uh, their data sheets and like what they can do. And uh, you know, what's that old bit from the time when you guys used to watch TV about like knowledge is power or something? Or you know, the more you know. I don't even know what that's from. Schoolhouse rock, motherfucker. 
Was this in black and white? No, it was a colored uh, <laughs> little segment cartoon. Oh, you can't call people colored. Oh, Bill. settle down. <laughs> settle down. <laughs> but uh, I think, like you said, knowledge is power. And that kind of takes us into our next section. So the, the main section of uh, the episode of, you know, uh, get it, got it, gotcha. I like is... that cheese tree you got going on there. Also offered Damn. at the grotto. That, that's funny because we're talking about cheese. We're talking about gotchas. Uh, this last week in Warhammer, uh, there was a, a pretty big event. Um, it was the Alamo GT. And uh, War Games Live, on, I think on YouTube, was streaming the very top table. And it was kind of an unorthodox matchup for a top table. You saw your 33% win rate Admech face up against uh, Votan. And uh, Votan have some abilities where they can like deep strike some guys randomly uh, around the table. And uh, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm getting this right. And if I'm not, Scotty will correct me here because we're going to hand off the reins to him to explain what happens in just a sec. But uh, many armies in this game have the ability to uh, take a, an out-of-turn shooting attack. Uh, so what happened, at, what happened at Alamo GT, Scotty? So I think the heart of this, and, and, and the reason that I think I'm seeing a lot of people talk about it, is that it, it has less to do with the armies involved and everything to do with this really nebulous concept, which is at the heart of the game, which involves right. sportsmanship. And as Arthur specifically mentioned, gotchas. And I'm going to preface this entire conversation by saying that I actually have very high hopes for this not being as much of an issue in 10th edition. Um, this is probably one of the healthiest things that I can see as far as the changes go for 10th edition. Of course, we'll have to wait to see if this is how it plays out. But the actual scenario that played out uh, that caused a lot of people on the internet to get into a big tizzy for one way or the other was that between this match, what ended up happening is the one player who was actually the Admech player ended up doing a, uh, a mid-game uh, reposition of a unit via a, a relic that they had, uh, which triggered a stratagem from the Votan player, which was like a, an aspect scan, which allows them to shoot at the unit that deep struck, and it caused a big, big row between the two players at that exact moment in time because the Admech player felt like he was being gotcha which is to say that he was... Uh, something was being sprung on him that he did not... he was not aware could happen. Uh, and to be honest with you, if it hadn't been for how strongly his emotional response to the situation was, I don't know that we'd even be talking about it. But it gets, it cuts to the heart of something which is the case for both competitive and casual gamers, which is that Warhammer, as any board game, is a social contract. Uh, you're not just there to play through the rules, you're also there to play with an actual human being who you are not playing like an online video game with a real person who is right there in front of you. You get to experience their entire scope of reactions and, and everything. Which is actually, I think for a lot of us, a plus. That's part of the charm of the game. Um, and it, 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 There's a lot of factors to consider here. I mean, obviously this was the top table at a major event, so these are obviously players who play a lot of games. Uh, there, of course, was references to the fact that some of this said that this rule was actually brought up before the game uh, by the player who used this rule. Um, so the Admech player couldn't necessarily say they didn't know. But of course, there's a counter argument, which is that ninth edition is so full of rules that it's hard to keep track of them all. Um, and there's also, you know, argument and counter argument to the way that people play, what you're responsible for as a player, how much you should say or not say, because of course, 
there's there's a flip side to it's like should you really just play your other person's army for them like what are you, what are you responsible for i don't and play it, that it also way. cuts to the yeah, exactly. That's exactly the statement. In fact, that's exactly the statement which was echoed across Reddit and YouTube and a million other forums, I'm sure. Um, you know what? I'm going to soapbox this one for you because that's what we're here to talk about. Here's the here's the fast and, and dirty reality of it. Outside of the raw rules, which is to say the rules as written, what is and isn't is something that is entirely determined by your local group of players. And that may be just you and your one buddy. Okay. We all have different understandings of what not just is acceptable, but what is uh, desirable. We all have different metas. We all have different, different uh, levels of competitive or casual play. And that's why it's always tricky. Uh, I think the, the most dangerous thing that I've ever heard of a game or play a war gamer say was, I just want to play a narrative game. That's why we make fun of it sometimes. Because yeah. What is narrative to one person is not narrative to another. It's um, true. And narrative for me is know, winning. Yeah, well, and that's kind of the thing, right? Narratively uh, if winning. You play Ultra, if you play Ultramarines, you're like, well, my plot armor is going to come through for me. So, uh, But here's the thing. At the end of the day, I think that really in, in 40k, specifically 9th, part of the issue is the depth and complexity of the rules. Um, if the rules are not as deep and as complex then you realistically do not have to put into as much mental labor, both as as uh, the player getting gotcha and as the player doing gotchas, quote-unquote, into worrying about this problem. Because you can reasonably expect, and that's entirely what this conversation is about, let me kid you not, what can you reasonably expect your opponent to know about? So was, ideally, it a gotcha? was it a gotcha, yes or no? Well, we're not done yet. Reasonably, reasonably... <laughs> Every, you want your opponent to be able to expect everything that you can do without you having to say a single word. That is the ideal game. Because then you don't have to worry about gotching them, but you also don't have to worry about talking them through your next move, which is actually anti-competitive as well. If you're telling them everything that you can do in response to what they do, that's that's not good either. Then why do we even have like people have brought up with auspex scan? If you're constantly reminding your opponent that you can auspex scan their units, well, why does auspex scan even exist? Like, I mean, yeah, it provides a denial zone, I guess, unless they want to jump into it. But like, realistically, you shouldn't have to tell them. But in ninth edition 40k, you kind of do because there's so many rules. Here's the thing. In my opinion, to answer Arthur's question, to this exact thing. This was not a gotcha, which I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me for saying. In a casual game with your buddy, that's a gotcha, 100% of the time. At the top table at a tournament with 250 players, no, that's not a gotcha. Players I even need think to with your buddy, that's not a gotcha. And I'll tell you why in okay. a sec. Continue. Uh, the other thing is, like, the AdMac player has the exact, the exact same stratagem as that Votan player. And it was mentioned pre-game. People say, well, you know, there's a big pre-game info dump. That goes back to the heart of the issue, which is that there's too much to know in, in 9th edition 40k. Yeah. Too much to keep track of. Um, but, like, to me, it's, like, the same thing as, as so many other sports and esports. Uh, they say if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Now, that... To be fair, I don't think you should cheat. But this was an example of a time where a guy didn't cheat at all. He just played the rules exactly as they were. Uh, and he benefited from it. To be fair, I think he was going to win the game either way. A lot of people disagree. But but I don't think it was a gotcha. But I do understand the fervor over it because 
everybody's been in that situation where they forgot something or someone pulled a fast one on them and they felt real bad about it. And it sucks. So I do think from what I've seen, 10th edition will be, uh, be better because there's simply simpler rules. So let me, let me put this to Andy for a second. Andy, yes. uh, you were new to 40 K. Um, yes. if, uh, do you know what heroic interventions are? Uh, yeah, somewhat. You can move your character within like three inches or so, or six right. inches. I don't know what it is. No, um, normally three. To come in, if, to go uh, into yeah to to come into combat to intervene, right? So no, if if you move a character like a unit that's like kind of a, a combat wuss, pink horrors or something that's like not meant to be there, and you yeah. move it next to three inches of one of my dudes, am I yeah. obligated to tell you that I can heroic and then fight you and then wipe you? Well, that's part of the rules. And if I don't, is that a gotcha? But it's, it's it's part of the generic rules, is it not? It is. So you're you're you should if you're playing the game and if you've been playing it at that okay at that level in a tournament level you should know that. So to me that's not a gotcha mode. And All right, there, now. there was now there was a guy there was actually a friend of ours who said in most games the person who makes the least amount of mistakes is usually the guy who. And that's true for sports and, and anything that's right? competitively that's, right. For war, period. Like, <laughs> you know, um, it's just, it's kind of the same thing here. Like, you know what? Nobody's perfect. Like, I've I've played lots of games and I've made blunders and, and I've forgotten rules. And, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that goes, oh, shit, I forgot to do this two turns ago. Can I take it back? Like, I'm not one of those guys. It's a different story. But in this case, like you didn't say it to me or you didn't mention it to me about reminding me, oh, I can hear intervene or whatever. I don't think that's a, a gotcha moment. All right, you know? Billy, I'm going to throw one at you here for a sec. Uh, you have played my sisters a battle a couple of times. Yeah. And you might remember that one of my sister's characters can make you fight last. Bitch. Now, I, <laughs> yeah, it happens. I try to tell everyone, or I pretty much do, or I almost always do, or I always do, pick one of the above. That uh, I, I tell people this character can make you fight last. And then we fight. You come charge me. It's next to a character. Uh, should I tell you that I'll make you fight last? Hey, if you charge my no, guy, you're going to fight last, Bill. I think... I think at that point, like... It would be... I, I like putting the onus on the actual other player in this particular thing if i ask you hey do you have any charge last in here and you're like no then that's bullshit but if you're like yeah i do okay cool but that's on me to actually ask and that that's why i i don't think that this situation was a gotcha either because as i'm about to drop or redeploy my unit or come from reserves insert whatever above did he ask do you have any aspect scans or anything like that and then if he wasn't answered properly, then okay, it's a big deal. But he didn't even ask. Like, I remember watching it and I was like, that's kind of on you, man. Like, you kind of heard it in the pregame. I know people are like, ah, oh, pregame is bullshit. There's so much. But at least you ask. That's the biggest thing for me. Like, I, I, I would ask myself, like, you know, do you have any reaction? Any stuff that's going to shoot me up if I drop down? Or any. Can you fuck with me? Can yeah. you fuck with me? <laughs> is there anything you can do to fuck with me over here? Right? Just asking in general. And I think the sportsmanship comes from how that person answers. So I played a game at a tournament, and uh, it was like a similar situation. I was playing uh, 
a person I was asking if they could modify my shooting in any way. And I asked this question like three or four different times. And they said, no, 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 no. And then it came to the shooting phase and they're like, all right, I'm giving your entire army a minus one to hit. And I was fucking appalled because I had asked the question. And then they said, oh, well, you didn't ask that one specifically. So <laughs> the difference between a gotcha for me is um, deliberately like misinterpreting information. That's being like, I gotcha, you motherfucker, <laughs> right? And that should not be allowed. But there's actually no rules for this. So if you look at the main Warhammer rulebook, it doesn't actually say, like, you are obligated to tell your opponent this at any time. That is what goes down to that social contract that Scotty was talking about. Yeah. Um, and I understand, like Scotty mentioned, like, if it's a friendly game, you should tell people. Well, I, I like but, like winning against my friends, too. <laughs> so as an example in mine, Bill's game that we, we did play, like, he did tell me about the hero convention, right? And <clears throat> he's going to tell me that once. He's not going to tell me it again. And which is perfectly fine. That was like, you know, I'm just learning the shit again, learning the rules again. So you, you're telling me once, but I was also asking him a lot of questions about stuff in the game. Right. Right. So like Bill was saying too, like, yeah, like you have to own, own those questions. You have to own that experience as well. Like if I was to play again, I'm sure there'd be shit that would come up and I would be asking questions and if it happened to me once it would have been nope <laughs> that's in here now that's not going to happen again right but now what if you know uh you guys play a lot of heresy and every legion has a reaction you know yeah. that there are special abilities done by special things but i'm guessing you don't have all 18 or 17 memorized however many legions there are so there's a couple yeah. that are redacted right i think there's 18 18 um yep you go in the movement phase and all of a sudden fucking space wolves come hailing out of reserves i think that's theirs but i don't remember uh, and it totally fucks your game plan and you lose. And you say, well, I didn't know. Whose fault is that? I think that's... Again, it kind of... Again, it depends go on the ahead. Game. Yeah, it depends on the game. Um, a lot of the guys uh, from the, the, like the slow grow and just general the community, they've been really good at usually throwing it out there. Like, hey, have you ever played Space Wolves before? And if you're like, no, I haven't. Okay, this is what my Legion reaction can do. Is that the and reaction like, that I get that right? So and that's, like, oh, that's no, it's not quite like that. Um, okay, it's basically you move within uh, X amount. They can do and like they a, charge you. They can do a move counter charge to you, basically. Okay. Um, yeah. Very powerful, really good. Uh, Imperial fist, same same thing, just a little bit weaker. But I, I always throw it out there. Have you ever played Imperial fist before? And if you're like, no, this is what my reaction can do. Yeah, and I'll tell you, and then like it's out in the open, right? Like. So I, I like to give people a heads up on that. Well, and, and anyone who's ever played Magic the Gathering has run into when blue has two mana open and all of a sudden someone hits you with a counterspell and it never fucking feels good. But to a certain extent, when you play any of these games, you have to acknowledge that you don't know what other bullshit people have, yeah. but you have to know that they have bullshit. Absolutely. True. True. I think, I think uh, Bill, Bill really, I think especially hit the nail on the head and this is, it, it's, Hitting me because it's something that I tell everybody who I work with to improve their game and to improve my own game. Um, something that comes up, this is true of so many game systems. It's not just 40k, it's 30k as well. It's probably bolt action, so many others. Okay. He's, he said the exact right thing, which is that ask. This is like, there is an onus, there isn't always an onus on you to necessarily know everything, but ask. Because at that point, if you're asking, hey, can you do something about this right in the moment, the onus goes on to your opponent to be honest. 
And there are game systems, to be fair, where the rules explicitly state that you either do or don't have to tell them. 40k, for example, is one where it doesn't explicitly say anything, but there is an understanding that if you ask, hey, can you do something about this? I, I like, don't know. They're going to tell you. Uh, uh, they, they, yeah, they're, they're going to tell you. The, the community standard is that, yeah, like if they can do a thing and you ask. And all of the best players I know, you know what? They do. They ask, they, they're asking so many questions. That goes back to the whole plays by intent thing. Is that because plays by intent is a great system that we use in a lot of competitive 40K. My uh, intent is to win. System. Yeah, well, fair. But it's like, you know, speak, use your words. And state stuff out loud. And if you're not doing that, well, and it, it is a little different. If you are playing with your friends, like I said, that's where the social contract comes in. You can have a different social contract with your friends or your local club or whatever than you might with strangers at an event, you know? Yeah. But even at an event, there is still some social contract. But, like, this this is where the counter argument always goes back to. It's like, at what point do I have to stop playing for you to your benefit? Because yeah. that is anti-competitive. I shouldn't have to do anything for you besides what the rules say I should. And I but think at the same time, you want to be gentlemanly, right? There's the spirit of the game, man. I also th I also think though too, like at, at at if you're in a competitive tournament or at that level, like you got to have your A game, right? And mm -hmm. like you said, I shouldn't be playing your army for you, or I shouldn't be doing these actions for you, reminding you of that yep. stuff. Right? I get it. If you know what you're doing a, a an event that is a friendly event or a narrative event, and just having guys come out and play, yeah, talk it out, do all that stuff. Even with bolt action, like anytime I have new players coming in the bolt action. And I'm I'm doing demo games with them and stuff, and they start asking me about army lists and this and that. You know, they have theater selectors, which are kind of like detachments, right? From I guess I would say like seventh edition kind of thing, right. where they they had special rules. Well, I keep telling people, I go, well, you know, when you're playing somebody, you're usually using a reinforced platoon, which is a generic army uh, builder. But if you're going to use a, a theater selector. Talk with your opponent. Tell them what's in that theater selector. What makes it so special? Why? Why are you playing it? Right? The intent, and you know what era? Because there's different eras for the war and stuff. So it, it makes for a better game. It makes for a better community. It makes for better players, in my opinion. And you don't have those, you know, outbursts of ah, oh, well, you fucked me because of this or whatever. I lost because of that, right? Um, so. It's not just 40k. It's it's all games are like that, right? Um, so take it, you know, take it from that. But now here's another one. What if someone moves, and uh, or, or or they forget to move, and then it goes to a point in the next game turn where they realize this. Um, and if you Backseat. let them move, if you let them move, you will lose the game. However. If you don't let them move, you will win the game. Within their locus of control, within their agency, they had the power to, to make the thing, and they didn't do that in the time allotted. And then, and then they move on, and they move some other stuff, and may, maybe dice haven't been rolled yet to make a difference to know like whether or not this would matter. Maybe they just forgot to move on to an objective. Do you let them do it, or do you say, fucking pound sand, buddy, get out of here? Is it already gone to yeah. a different phase? 
it's it's swapped to next phase. They've missed their chance, but they was in within their power to got, do it, and it was just a simple mistake. I got one other thing. What type of scenario are you in? Are you in a tournament, or are you in just a friendly game? Where, where are you at? Either, either, whatever. You know what? Like, friendly game. I'm cool. Do what you want to do. We're just rolling dice, just checking dice. When it comes to a tournament, I'm sorry, man. You, I've. I've had that happen to me where I've actually let the guy take his move yeah. and, it, and it did make me lose the game. I took it with grace because I let him do it, but never again. I'm sorry, but it's already past the phase. You're already in a different phase. You made a mistake. It happens. I do it too. I do it all the time. So, Billy, Scotty, what about you guys? I, uh, I think when it comes... Go, go ahead. No, go ahead, Scott. I think when it comes to competitive events, you have to you have to say no. And by that, I don't mean you never allow backseas. I actually do all the time. But you you have to draw a line. And I do think that, again, social contract comes into play here. I've played games where we both allowed a lot more, and I've played games where we both allowed a lot less, and sometimes they've played both those games in the same event. Um, this is where it goes. This is the charm, to me, of tabletop gaming that's different from video gaming, even competitive video gaming. The rules are flexible. At the end of the day, more often than not, the only people deciding the rules are you and your opponent, which to me is a charm, but to a lot of people, they don't love it because there aren't hard and fast rules, or at least you can break them if you want. Um, yeah, I think that competitively you tend to allow less, but I also think that you, you that's something you discuss with your opponent, and sometimes you don't even discuss it with your words, you discuss it with your actions. Um, so it plays out a little differently. But in general, yeah, in an event, once you both put money down, it's going to be less forgiving. Billy? This is, this is something that's always kind of uh, been an interesting talking point for me. Um, my biggest focus in a game is I want to win through generalship. I want to actually make better tactical choices than you do. And that causes me to win. I don't want to win because you made like because you fucked up and you forgot something. Because right. for me that yeah, yeah. that's a feels bad, and I personally don't like it. I'd rather just I'd rather lose the game and be like take your move because like we haven't gone that like if you went to the shooting and you just or a psychic phase right you just did a psychic phase and you, oh shit dude can I move this I'd be like move it's fine right because I don't want to win because of that. Like, I, I want to win because I actually outplayed you, not because I, oh, fuck, you didn't see those guys on the other side of the building. Like, ha <laughs> I, I don't like that, right? I just, me personally, I, I don't like that. Um, so I, That's I not what it's about for you at a tournament or not. No, like, if I'm, if I'm going to win that game, I'm going to win that game because I'm, I'm outplaying him, not because he made a mistake or forgot to disembark a unit and something. Like, you know what I mean? It's just... Just do it. Like, it's fine. If it's the next turn or something obscene, then no. Like, too bad. That's too far. But if it's, like, just sliding into the next phase, you did, like, one psychic power, and it's like, oh, shit, dude, I forgot this. Just move it. I don't care. Like, it's fine. Because I know your intent would be to move that. Like, you, you wouldn't purposely fuck yourself over, right? So I, I try and be a little bit forgiving about that, especially when there's so much action happening at an event. So, I think I've been on both sides of this coin, and uh, I think it never feels good. 
Uh, and I think if I'm playing at an event, I, I'm I'm there to medal, I'm there to podium, I'm there to finish. Uh, and and finish first. Who cares about going second, right? <laughs> Am I right? Uh, and I think that and this is this might be a hot take. I think that uh, being the best general means you're the general that made the fewer fewest mistakes. Um, and not everyone's gonna like this. And I I've had my own taxi backsies too. But I think that to a certain extent, you have to start saying, no, you can't move. You forgot to shoot. Sorry, Scott, you drank your three beers and you forgot to deep strike your guys on turn three. They can't <laughs> come on. That's a real thing that happened to foe. Um, Scotty brought his guys on turn four. It's definitely illegal. Uh, I don't know who won that game. It was a three-point night. It was a three-point night. I saw that. What? And like even in friendly games... I think I hate losing to my friends more than I hate losing to random competitors. And I don't know why that is. Cause like your, your oh, friends, you know your why friends, you know why it is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fucking they'll beat you at chaos space Marine one time. And they never lets it fucking drop. That's right. So it's all of us saying this, like how many times have you actually had that happen where you've, you've messed up or you've forgotten something and the opponent is like, you know, oh no, you can do it. Go ahead and do it. And you're like, nope, nope. I I gotta learn. How many times have you done that? Because I, I do that. Both. I do that all the time. A lot of people are like that. Yeah, right. I do that all the time. Like, nope, I yep. forgot to cast this power. That's on me. Let's yep. keep on playing. And right? to me, like that's a cool fucking opponent. If he's a hey man, it is. you forgot. Like do your thing. You're like, no, I gotta learn because I won't lie. You will learn the best when you get burned the most. In a game, if, if you fucked up and you made that wrong call and you don't, you're you know you're stubborn enough to not do it, you I guarantee you will not do that again. You will and, learn properly. And you and you do cherish an opponent who's like that, who's super yeah. honest about it. You know, like the the Eldar player who rolls one too many dice with their striking scorpion X arch, and they just <laughs> they pull out a hit instead of re-rolling the entire thing oh, into sixes. Yeah. That is. That is that would be a good opponent as opposed to a guy who re-rolled everything into a bunch of sixes. Um, but not to say that's ever happened. Um, but yeah, and, and I do think players should hold themselves accountable like that. And I think they should in competitive tournaments too. If everybody did, we wouldn't even have to ask the question. That's, but the no, thing that's is, some true. people don't. And I think for the most part, some people like, say, can I go back? So I think for the most part, locally, everybody's pretty good at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a great community here, except for so. maybe, maybe Arthur, but uh, Eldar players in general. They don't so. call me Mr. Warhammer Community just because I paint well, Andy. <laughs> fucking ruthless on the tabletop, apparently. True. What I would like to know, if you're if you're listening right now on YouTube or in a place where you can throw out a comment, uh, let me let me hear your thoughts. Um, what what is a gotcha? Did it, did a gotcha at the Alamo GT happen? Um, if someone makes a mistake, do you let them have a take backsies? Where do you kind of align yourself on this? Uh, in this and in what situation? situation? Competitive, casual, etc. Yeah, uh, and and sometimes in between, like those league matches that are semi comp, it's not a tournament, but results matter. So like, mm -hmm. where where do you place yourself? Uh, if you're like I said, if you're listening, throw a comment in. Would love to hear your feedback on that. Uh, and it's gonna take us into our, our last section before we say goodbye for another couple of weeks. Is the faction focuses. Um, mistakes made or not. Uh, GW has been posting these fact focuses every day, uh, one a week, kind of leading up to when the 10th edition of Warhammer will drop. 
And uh, I just want to do a quick roundtable here. We'll do uh, uh, Scotty, Billy, Andy uh, in that order. Of uh, which faction focused have you, you know, you liked the most that you thought you were impressed by the most? And which one did you least like? Which one were you like, wow, they did my boy dirty? I'll, uh, I'll kick us off. I have to, to run pretty quick here because the sirens of the grotto are calling me back to the forbidden pools. Uh, so, uh, as I'm sure you guys understand, I, I must abide the call. You guys really should want to win TWC though. This place is Nirvana. You'll, you'll have a great time here. Um, what are my favorite and least favorite? Okay. My favorite that I've read so far, and this is a favorite, keep in mind, not a most powerful. I think the most powerful has been Space Marines again, just on the basis of rules and busted. but my favorite <laughs> my uh, my favorite was actually Tyranids. I actually really liked. Uh, to be fair, I love their new models, but but I know there's and it doesn't matter what I'm going to say. People are going to rage, but I actually do think that their rules are in a good sweet spot between uh, uh, impactful without being unbalanced. Um, there's still obviously lots to know. Uh, I like the look of the data sheets. I thought some stuff was was doing a good job of capturing flavor without sacrificing, you know, the ability to, for it to play on the tabletop. And I'm not even a huge Tyranid stand, so that was really good. The ones ones I didn't like didn't like the most are it's a bit of a tie. Um, Arthur brought it up earlier. Uh, Necrons didn't love it, and uh, I didn't love the Sisters one either. And they're actually for the same reason. And it goes to the heart of a rule that I, I hate that GW uses, which is rules that are tied to your units being under strength. Um, and you may not immediately make the, the uh, connection, but like the sisters faction rule or, or uh, sorry, detachment rule where they get plus one to hit or wound depending on a weakened squad and reanimation protocols, this new version slash old version are actually kind of the same thing. They're rules that only trigger if your unit's already been beat up, but not killed. Uh, I hate rules like that. They don't work very well in 40k. They never have. Because the thing about them is, ch chances are, if your opponent targets you, they're going to kill your unit. Uh, and if they don't kill your unit, they're going to maim the fuck out of it. So for you to get bonuses on, on that unit is like, it's just not doesn't help a ton in the case of the sisters yeah plus one to hit and wound are both incredibly powerful abilities but sisters units tend to be t3 models with like a very limited number of wounds once your point gets the grips you're gonna and you're just not gonna get a lot of benefit out of that no matter what you're literally asking for them to leave you the exact right number of models uh, in the case of reanimation protocols it is a little better even if you have only one model left hey getting free models back is amazing that is true however compared to even current reanimation protocols, which isn't perfect, don't get me wrong, you're not going to get as much back. And again, our, our current reanimation pro protocols is not amazing. But we have had this kind of command phase once per turn reanimation before, and it was literally useless. Everybody agreed. It was complete garbage. It never had play. Uh, so if you have army-wide abilities, which ostensibly are, are force multipliers, that are tied to you having beaten but not killed units. It's always tough. It's really, really tough. If you're going to have rules like that, you literally need to have rules on hand where you can cause damage to yourself in a very small way in order to trigger them. Otherwise, they're not good. If they had paired reanimation protocols or the sisters detachment rule with the Chaos Space Marines Dark Pact where they do D3 mortals to their own units, that actually would be good because then you could trigger it yourself. 
but instead Dark Pact is on its own, so Chaos Space Marine players hate it. And uh, these other rules are on their own, where, believe me, give it six months into 10th, people will hate it, I promise you. They'll be like, wow, this rule's garbage. So those would be my picks. Uh, at that point, I think Scotty's going to be leaving us for the night to uh, go see the sirens. Yep. But uh, we can pass it off to maybe Billy next, your uh, your favorite faction, uh, based on the preview, the one you think that they did the best. So and, far. Uh, <laughs> something that you think that they did the worst. So far, I really liked the uh, Space Green one as well. I, I think it just, they feel... They feel like they're back. Um, so I am looking forward to seeing how they play. Uh, my least favorite so far is, to be honest, I really liked the Chaos Space Marine preview, but I really don't like how shitty Abaddon seems to feel compared to like Gulliman and what inevitably will be, you know, Angron. And like, I know he's not a Primarch, but. He's, I was just about to say, your boy's not a Primarch, man. I know, but he's pretty powerful, but he's not T9. Like, he's supposed to be a, a Chaos hero and legend, right? Like, Yeah, um, like he's not supposed to be, you know, like, he's not a Horus, but he's supposed to be pretty fucking close. So, well, and he's the chosen champion of the Dark Gods, so he should have that reflected. Yeah, I, just, I feel his data sheet isn't quite up to where it should be, but that's that's kind of my, my opinion. Although, this is again coming from very little actual knowledge of how he's going to translate and play in game. I know he does have some good rules, uh, yep. some aura shit that can really make it like a very fun army to play. Uh, but it's just, yeah, I I would hope he's a little bit tougher. So and we we haven't seen points yet either because if you get that data sheet at a hundred points, you take taking every fucking game. Yeah. But if you get that data sheet at four hundred points, yeah, those rules are good. They're not, not that good that good and so if you get him at 300 do you need the things that he does for for those rules yeah andy favorite and least favorite faction focus uh well favorite is going to be my demons of course uh, now because you like demons or because you thought that the rules they had to represent them are, are doing your boys well uh, i think the rules from well from compared to what i've played with just recently <laughs> okay. um so uh i kind of like the the shadows of chaos effect where you're you know you're getting this bubble kind of yep. thing uh if you're controlling more objectives in in no man's land enemies territory you start getting these little perks right um and then also uh there's some mortal wounds that you start causing um to to units and also i believe healing i think that's I right think i remember so and it depends on like uh how far up the board you are and, and stuff like that yeah as long as you're in the shadow of chaos um essentially and then uh there's bellacor who has the ability that he essentially has his own little shadow that he can bring out uh, yeah. and whatnot so and then there's also um you can I think you can deep strike. It's like uh, the demonic incursion uh, into the shadows there. So instead of nine inches away from an enemy unit, six inches. So, you know, uh, doing some close combat kind of corn army would really benefit from that. And 
helps to get those charges off and, yeah. and what have you. And it, and it gives it the feel of, of demons, you know, purging the veil and coming through and all of a sudden just they're there in your face, right? So... GW always hasn't done that rule right. I remember back in 5th edition, they had to deep strike their guys in, but the rules for old 5th for deep strikes were quite punishing. If you didn't hit that scatter dice dead on, you could move. And if you move on top of something, you gotta pick your shit up. So you just had to play that careful role of, like, getting them close, but not too close, but not too far. Uh, this one seems like, uh, they've, they've thought about it. Yeah. So, so they, I'd have to say that I really like them right there where they are for now for for the rules um for just what they've shown us essentially and then uh looking at the votan i know some people are probably gonna be like what are you talking about but um the whole grudge token thing yeah you know throwing it on a whole bunch of units uh, i think that's a mechanic that definitely could be forgotten uh, that auto wounding on hits of four up for whatever reason. Yeah, it's just it's just just even just the tokens alone with the grudges stuff. Like I've played other games where you have a lot of stuff that you got to track of, right? And it tends to be forgotten a lot of times, and then you'll get run into those moments of oh shit, I forgot this, right? Okay. So I'm not a fan of that, but I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, having the judgment tokens on on them they're they're actually pretty pretty good for uh what they can do i'm glad yeah. that they've you know it's just two and that's it so there's that for them really that's kind of about it for them uh, i did notice that they're i think it was possibly a stratagem or something there's was very there was two armies, I can't remember who which ones were, but there was two armies that had essentially it's the same rule, right? Um, exactly. Well, like, uh, do you remember what rule you're talking about? Like, what is the effect of it? Uh, well, with however many the, factions are in the game, there's only so much granularity of the yeah, have, so yeah. So I just I can't I can't quite remember exactly what it was, but. Uh, yeah, I would say Votan, like for me, I just didn't love it. Having having to just keep track of stuff that is essentially definitely a, a where I would forget things, right? So uh, other than that, it's really about it. I think that uh, for myself, my favorite, and this comes from a place of spite, was the World Eaters changes. Because... Uh, the world leader's faction right now is that uh, like whenever something dies, friendly, enemy, fucking neutral, if that was a thing, they get these blood tokens. And that makes fluff sense because skulls for the skull throne, blood for the blood god. But uh, the fucking rules for that with the secondary objectives and some of the buffs that world leaders could get army wide for like you just playing the game was wild. And People are going to disagree with that, and I'm not trying to hate on like Chaos Space Marines of any flavor, but uh, like even the secondary objectives was like writing auto 15 just for existing. So I'm happy to see that that is gone, and I know a lot of people are upset because they're like world leaders players don't like Yahtzee. Everybody likes Yahtzee. We're playing dice games. Absolutely. We're playing dice games, man. Uh, the world leaders one right now is fucking cool. You're going to roll eight dice. Eight is the number of the blood god, and uh, you get to pick 
two from this table, and you guaranteed get one double in those eight dice, there's a 50% chance it's going to be a four up, so you're going to be able to advance and charge. Uh, you could probably get your lethal hits. Um, you can fight on death. You can exploding sixes. You can feel no pain. You can add your movement. Like, all of those buffs they have on this table are fucking good, but you're not going to get all of them, and it's not going to compound. I think that uh, these are these are cool. I think that it's good that they're random. Demon gods are fickle. They always have been, right? They don't always dole out their love in the same ways to the same people all the time. Uh, like, in the lore, how many times have the, the, the Chaos Faithful been dicked over for some reason or other? More often than you can usually yeah. count. <laughs> right? Like, who's turned into a spawn? <laughs> it's true. Remember those old dark pack tables? Uh, and, and that was a thing from Age of Sigmar, too. You get a blessing from the dark gods, and like sometimes you turn into a fucking spawn. I love that table. I thought it was neat. I know a lot of people don't, but I think this is a cool table where there is some randomness, but there's also some stuff within your locus of control, within your agency that you can make decisions on, and it's all good. So I, I see this as an absolute win. It's My very big minus. I was going to say it's very similar to what uh, demons are right now, with the warp storm points and shit that they can have. So it, yep, it roll dice. It doesn't seem bad. Like to me, I, I I like the changes as well. So I I would like to see um the the chaos codexes come back into the fold because each of them only have like limited amounts of data sheets. Uh, and they used to all kind of be within chaos base marines as a whole. I'd like to see those merge, but maybe maybe I'm the only one that wants that. I don't know. Um, my least favorite faction focus, unfortunately, was your your boys in blue, the Space Marines, or your boys in any of the 20 colors that they're allowed to, to roll out in. Just because their faction special rule, Oath of Moment, where they get to reroll hits and wounds uh, every single turn against something, seems a bit pushed to me. And they said that this edition was going to be uh, less reroll hits and wounds. I think back to previous editions where rerolling stuff was quite rare. You got it through like Twin Linked or sometimes like Hatred. Uh, and it was special. But throughout 8th and 9th, like, if your shit didn't have rerolls, you didn't play it. I say that as a Sisters player and as an Eldar player, because you both capitalize on those rerolls. Um, and so I think that just giving Marines like army-wide free rerolls to kill one thing uh, isn't good game design. Because it's not, it's not character-locked, it's not uh, like uh, area-locked, if you're playing Iron Hands tanks and you want to go kill that thing way off the distance, I guess we'll be rerolling hits and wounds. Now, we haven't seen everything yet. I could be totally wrong on that. Um, maybe it won't be as bad as I think it will. But it just seems like that's a little bit better or over the top or pushed or, or whatever than um, what Scott was saying about Necrons. <laughs> if your guys survive a turn, you get to bring some guys back. Yeah. This next week, we are seeing um, AdMech up first, uh, and then we'll see four more previews. Um, we'll see which ones we get. There was a post, I, I can't remember where it was, where they had kind of like a sneak peek of all the all the previews listed. It wasn't in order, though, and that's proven not to no, be accurate. Yeah. So a, lo a lot of people are actually putting together little pools and seeing who can bet what's going to happen when. Uh, which is fun. Um, so we'll see who we get next week. I, I bet you we'll see uh, another one of the Chaos factions that we haven't seen. We'll see another Imperium faction. 
Um, we'll see another Xenos faction, right? Like, they're probably going to spread the love a little bit as good as they can. Uh, and I'm hopeful, and I'm excited, and I want to play more games. And I hope that I'll see both of you this Thursday night at our Trident Wargaming Thursday Night Gaming. Always. Bill, you coming out? I'll and you can come roll some dice? I hope so. I know I got uh, got to meet somebody Thursday night, but I should be trying to be able to make it. So, well, uh, for all of our local people in Edmonton, every Thursday night at the uh, the Fraternal Order of Eagles over in St. Albert, we have our Thursday night gaming for Trident Wargaming. Um, and with that summer league coming soon, there's bonus points to be acquired towards an extra prize for playing your games there. And uh, I hope to see you guys all then. But I think Andy, there's another thing that uh, maybe you're running the show on, where you'd like hope to engage the community on. Uh, Happen Sunday nights. Oh yes, uh, painting nights, the hobby, hobby nights that we uh, tend to do on Discord and whatnot. Um, usually, I think last one we did at what eight o'clock. Yeah, eight p.m. Eight p.m. So uh, come and check out our Discord and uh, jump in. And there's usually, actually, there's been quite a few of us that have jumped in there. Gets a little rowdy, but uh, it's all good. We have a lot of fun. Are you going to take laps. your shirt and pants off again? No. No, I'm not. Not again. So. <laughs> not for free. Um, and that, and you know, that, uh, that's all, all you guys in the different gaming communities as well. That's that are on the server. And if you want to join, uh, we do have, uh, the link join as well. Um, we can always post it, put it in. Yeah. I'll throw it in the description the details and whatnot descriptions, but, uh, yeah, come on down hang out with us. A lot of guys tend to stream what they're working on, chit-chat, um, you know, talk hobby, talk shop with the games and whatnot. Um, we had uh majority of the guys were doing heresy and 40k and and then we had a couple of bolt action uh, people down there as well. So, and uh, really just coming out, hanging out, getting stuff painted and having a good time. So, uh, usually, I don't know, I think Bill, you were you were on for like what a couple hours last time, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I so, was on to like ten thirty, and I was like, "Shit, I got to be up at five. I got to go." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, come on down. It's 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 a lot of fun. You get to uh, chit chat with all the other players and kind of get to know each other as well, right? So it's good. And. Uh... What's what's this other thing that uh, people can can support our channel, Bill? Well, I'm glad you asked, my friend. Uh, to support the channel, you can jump on to our Patreon, just like Frederick and Dustin. Which big shout out to the two of them. Uh, they are continuously supporting the channel. Uh, we use the money that we get from that to try and help make things a little bit better. Uh, be it you know even buy ourselves a nice cold beverage on these hot days. Because uh, creating content is hard work, especially when you're posting roadmaps. And we really want to, uh, you know, we want to say thank you for all, all the support. And that's just a way you can kind of uh, help us out a little bit extra. And as we continue to go, we release uh, more content on there. It's kind of, uh, it, it's growing from scratch. So we've got Battle Bling special discount codes for you on there. We've got um, just kind of general engagement because we like to hear what the patrons are doing. Uh, what their favorite systems are, what they like to hear, and, you know, jumping in and supporting, you might even start to be able to help steer the show uh, with some episodes. If you specifically want to hear something, you know what, like, 
I'm more than willing to jump on there. So uh, definitely check out all the links in our description because we'll have links for basically everything in there. I think best uh, or top subscriber throughout the year gets an invite to the grotto. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. I think that pretty much uh, wraps up. Get it. Got it. Gotcha. So uh, you want to take us out? Yeah, I guess. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Uh, we hope to see you at paint nights and Thursday night drop-ins. And we will catch you next week.